All right, you're back in the DFSR with an NFL podcast on the Overtime Media Network, broadcasting live from the Vivid Seats Lounge. I'm Doug Norrie. Over there is... James Davis. Oh, you sound bright and chipper, pal, which is amazing, which is amazing, coming off a, a week nine. Look, we're nothing but not honest, right? I'm an honest guy. You're pretty honest most one. of the time. It was a tough one. That was a tough week nine. I... I didn't feel uncomfortable going into the week in terms of cash games. I liked sort of the the path we had chosen, but the most uncomfortable part for us was, I think, wide receiver and the cascading effect of just kind of having the, some of the wrong wide receivers coupled with the no Christian McCaffrey, which in hindsight really felt... I, I really, like, regretted this. Like, I, I never, I'm never like, oh, why didn't we play T- Tyler Lockett? Or, like, why didn't we play Marvin Jones? Like, I don't really... Those ones don't get me. I don't really care about stuff yeah. like that. Like, you can just have big receiver games. The no McCaffrey, after what we'd preached about his safety going into the season, right. um, or not going into the season, but, like, just in general, in terms yeah, of as usage, the season was that? Progressed. Yeah, so, and that was really what happened, I think. Like, there were there were a few different things that went on for us. Uh, so the first, as you mentioned, was the McCaffrey thing, which, you know, we looked at early in the week and ultimately decided it was a super high price. You know, Tennessee was coming in as a very highly ranked defense, and or for run defense anyway and we just didn't go there and for what it's worth like you know he wound up being about 57 percent owned in cash our running backs were dalvin cook at 64 percent bell at 57 percent and samuels at 89 percent right so it's not like we went off jock necessarily it just we guessed wrong on those three and i think you know even knowing even knowing the day was starting and how those percentages were shaken out i'm still not sure how many cans I would have kicked over to force McCaffrey in there it definitely didn't feel good when I saw that he was the chalk option but the thing and but yes I agree that you know he's the one guy we often talk about when you're evaluating whether you should be on a chalk play or not you know sort of trying to figure out you know is this guy is it the type of guy if he's highly owned that can make you lose automatically and McCaffrey certainly is essentially the only guy in that in that group because the other guys you know like I'm trying to think some other chalk plays so like you know, whether it was Metcalf on DraftKings or Marvin Jones, like those, those were bad plays, I think. And the fact that they wind up getting there and then some, like the fact that Jones was 50% owned was shocking to me. And the fact that he then went out there and turned that into 23 fantasy points was doubly so. So somebody knows something I don't, but I think it's just one of those weeks where like, we're not shy about being off chalk. And I think that's tense. That's why we've had such a good record this season. But yeah, sometimes you will fail in spectacular fashion. And that definitely happened. Uh, on FanDuel in particular in week nine. So, Well, with those, that good bright news, let's talk about week 10 cash game plays yeah. as we can, we can wet our whistle on. I do think this yeah. is, is going to be something of a chalk week in a couple spots, not so much in other spots. I think we're going to have a lot of questions about wide receiver specifically, um, just in terms of some volume guys. There are a lot of teams on buys this week. I think there's six teams on by Denver, New England, Philadelphia, Washington, Jacksonville, and Houston. Uh, so it's not a huge week. Well, it's about the same size main slate as last time because we just knock out the London game uh, off the schedule. But, by the way, they're thinking about moving the Chargers to the London permanently because they've been having such a hard time in L.A. So have fun with one of those games every single week if that's if that's what they end up doing. That team would lose every single week just on the travel alone, you would feel like. Anyway, um, we're going to talk Week 10 cash game plays here. At quarterback, I, I don't know, man. I, I We said this last week. Inter- for Russell Wilson, I said it basically starts and stops with, uh, for, with Wilson for me, and that was ultimately the correct play. He threw for five touchdowns, uh, was the best quarterback play uh, on the slate. I feel the same way about L- Lamar Jackson here. Um, I-, I think I might need you to. Uh, is there any reason to talk me down off this? Like 
he's so he's so much better than the the other quarterback plays in terms of just overall projection in our system right now. That that even more than I was last week, where I was hesitant to even give another play. I'm even more <laughs> bullish on Jackson here. We have him projected for six more points, six more draft, excuse me, FanDuel points than the next closest quarterback in Drew Brees. With Wilson on a bye and, and Watson on a bye, I th- or no, so Wilson's just not on the main slate, but Watson's on a bye. I think this is all Lamar Jackson here. Like, am I, I can go yeah, through the So numbers, let's run down the position and just, you know, discuss the other guys in the same price tier that would even be candidates, right? So Jackson, he's been great. And he has a great matchup. So check, check. Uh, he's right. not that much more expensive than these other guys either. Like, you know, he's 300 more than Drew Brees. And you might look at Drew Brees and say, hey, he's got a good matchup too. Sure, but he's been outscored by Jackson by 10 fantasy points a game this season. Like, right. that's that's how many fantasy points some okay players score per game. So the fact that Jackson is just so much better and has a great matchup is going to make it really hard for anyone else to clear the bar. So, you know, Brees and Goff, kind of same category, good matchups but they just don't score enough. Uh, Rodgers, you know, he's a real guy going up against Carolina. They've got a really good pass defense. I could see some people talking themselves into Jameis Winston. You know, the wide receivers there have been absolutely electric this season, and he's got a good matchup in his own right against a fast-paced Arizona team. And then after that, you're just off the deep end with, you know, Matthew Stafford in a bad matchup, you know, Kyler Murray, who very hit or miss, uh, and then just guys that you don't want to play. (laughs) So I do think... Like I, I think it'll probably wind up coming down to Jackson and maybe Winston this week. I don't know who else you wrote up, but I could see some people wavering there. Jackson is second overall in DraftKings points per game behind only McCaffrey this season. He's coming off a huge win over the Patriots last week. The rushing yards are just what make it so safe. Like He's just not dependent on... There's yeah. so many ways... We've said this right from the get-go on Jackson, and it's been correct. There's so many ways for it to go right for him and very few ways for it to go wrong. Right, because the way they use him is just, you know, Drew Brees. You're like, okay, well, maybe I run into a Latavius Murray couple rushing touchdowns, or Kamara, you know, Kamara rushes one in. Any of these, any of these throwing quarterbacks, uh, mm-hmm. that's just the, the the instant risk you take is that they're just they, they rush, uh, there's rushing touchdowns kind of mixed in there. Jackson is most of what they do on the ground anyway, or such an outsized uh, proportion as compared to any other throwing quarterback really out there really I mean he's like a good running back and a quarterback right he's an like, excellent so, running back I mean in the last yeah. four weeks he's averaged about 16 carries a game and well, I can't do this quick math off the top of my head but just under 100 yards and a touchdown so uh like the last two weeks Jackson has thrown for 306 yards combined on 43 passing attempts and he's averaged 25 fantasy points in that time like he's right. just a, a force of nature uh, unlike anything we've ever seen I don't know if it's going to last forever like you know, if you own a, if you have an NFL keeper league or something like that, but yeah, this season it's a lot of fun and definitely, I think you're right. I, last week I was wavering a little bit more on Wilson. It's very hard to imagine getting away from Jackson here. I guess you have some blowout concern. He is an he's a ten point favorite on the road against Cincinnati. My last thing about Jackson and just a narrative play, um, if you just want one more reason to like just kind of check the box for him. There's so after the Patriots win, there's so much MVP buzz for him right now that I do think that like kind of means something. Like I the the, the Ravens always want to win, so you're always going to get that piece of it. Uh, I don't think that's in doubt at all. Like they're gonna you know, with yeah, that they are one of the teams win. that wants to win. That's true. Well, of course, but like obviously, but I think there's this extra piece. I do feel like the MVP part is going to be a part of it too. Like I just like the part where like you know going for that extra score, getting just running the numbers up a little bit. Like that's just me making it up. So that's not a numbers based thing. I don't need anything. I, I only the numbers make the case for him. So it doesn't really matter. I just 
Uh, I'm just, I'm all, I'm all over Jackson. Uh, there's really no one else close. The only other guy I did write up was Kyler Murray. Uh, I like the price on Murray. I like that he still runs a lot. He's run into some brutal defenses this year. San Francisco is a brutal defense. Uh, I had the list in front of me, and I clicked off it, and I'm going to try to get there while I'm talking. Um, he had the San Francisco one, and then he, uh, oh, the Saints too. The Saints in San Francisco two weeks in a row. Those are to top seven DVOA teams. Uh, you saw what he uh, he had some weird script stuff against the Giants where Chase Edmonds just ran in a bunch of long touchdowns, like three touchdowns over 20 yards when they were driving. That Not to say that Murray would have produced more touchdowns had that not happened, but it is pretty unlucky to get down and close and just have your running back right outside the red zone run three touchdowns in. I think that he has a bounce back week in him. I especially like the DraftKings. I especially like the DraftKings price here. So um, I'm, I don't like Murray as much, obviously, as Jackson but he would be a guy that I'd be okay pivoting to if need be. Yeah, I certainly buy it. I just think, like you said earlier, the case for Jackson is just so strong. It's hard to imagine that the savings you get by going down to Murray wind up being worth you know, risking just throwing your whole week because Jackson goes off for 30-plus fantasy points. So yeah, I don't think I'm going to do it in cash, but definitely uh, the big tournament case I think is very strong there. All right, uh, we're going to get on to running backs in a second. I want to talk about one of our sponsors. That's mybookie.ag. Love these guys. So close to cashing my Teddy Bridgewater under six in, uh, six wins bet. Um, just don't need – just hang on, Drew Brees. You can do it, pal. <laughs> also, also another uh, another bet that I actually really like this week. I was, we just mentioned the Chargers uh, going to London. Nothing to do with that. But they play the Thursday night game. I'm throwing it out there only because – in our system, that doesn't really recommend too many bets because we come in pretty close to the overall Vegas line. So when something stands out, uh, I like to kind of get on it. Actually likes the Raiders plus one in this game over the Chargers. Uh, they have the similar records. Char Raiders have a much worse uh, just overall point differential. But if you like that number, plus one on the Raiders, I've already put it in, and the money line of plus 100. Uh, I think it's a good spot for the Raiders. If you want to get in on it too, mybookie.ag. Use the promo code OVERTIME. O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. They're going to double that first deposit for you. Uh, like I said, this is the site we use to get our lines from. This is the site we use to put some action down on the games. My, or excuse me, uh, mybookie.ag. Use that promo code overtime. You play, you win, you get paid. Let's talk about the running backs. We already mentioned Christian McCaffrey as uh, wishing that we had kind of done something different in uh, week nine. Week 10, we have the chance to kind of play him again here. Uh, do you see us going back to the well, The price has only gone up. Yeah, I think we'll probably go back to him here. I think, yes, the price has gone up and probably still not high enough. Uh, like our system still likes him for around 25 fantasy points here going up against Green Bay, essentially a league average matchup. And the thing with McCaffrey, I mean, we've said it all season, but he's just going to be involved regardless of the game script. And with Carolina playing for real stakes, it's just hard to imagine them looking anywhere else. I actually think it helps him that some of these younger receivers are coming on a little bit. Uh, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, the fact that they're playing so much better now and just, you know, connecting with Allen a lot more is actually opening things up for McCaffrey underneath. So I think we could see the yards per touch go back up. Uh, now the defenses can't just sit on him completely. So yeah, I think it's a uh, you know, tight spread in this game, four and a half points, the Packers way. I think McCaffrey is just a good play. So I will try to prioritize him. I don't know. I mean, do you feel like lineups have to start with McCaffrey or do you think that it's just kind of like those, like a nice to have situation? Yeah, no. And just in terms of, I don't want to say they have to start with him, but just in terms of overall usage on this slate, he just is so much safer than every other guy that it's just worth paying the extra two. Honestly, like just the extra 2000, I guess you can talk yourself. Well, I know you wrote up Saquon. We'll talk about him in one second, but after him, 
like Marlon Mack, he definitely has game script stuff. Um, you know, he gets Miami. Kamara, uh, he's has been hurt forever. Nick Chubb's around, but could they get Kareem Hunt back this week? And I just wonder if. And the, the Browns are just a mess in general. And then we'll talk about some of these other guys. So I don't know. Among the top tier, we'll make the case here for Barkley because I know you wrote him up. Um, I, I think it's basically going to start here with McCaffrey. I'll probably take the savings elsewhere just because of the usage. But is there a case here for Barkley? He has almost two thousand cheaper on Fanduel. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the major case, and it's easy to forget now because we all have a short memory, but. Barkley was the consensus number one overall pick for regular fantasy this season for for a pretty good reason, right? I mean, he's kind of like, people thought that he could be what McCaffrey has become, and it hasn't worked out that way. And, you know, being injured just really stinks, and a high ankle sprain in particular can really cause problems. But it doesn't appear as though, like the eyeball test suggests that Barkley isn't still hurt. He might not trust it completely, and certainly the yards per touch being what they have been about three and a half yards of carry is pretty troubling for sure. Uh, but the fact that he's still generating so much value out of the receiving game leads me to believe that there's bigger ceilings to come for him, right? So the fact that he's basically caught seven balls for 70 yards and a half a touchdown in the last two weeks suggests that when the running does come together, uh, you could see some pretty darn big games. And the Jets, while they've been a pretty good defense in terms of DVOA against the run this season, are playing just for legitimately nothing, right? So this is the battle battle for the Meadowlands and all that stuff. And I'm sure actually that they'll be trying their best, just like most of these teams tend to do. But I do think Barkley is going to have that explosive game in him coming up soon. And among these like high-tier running backs, you don't often get a chance to buy them at a discount. Like we're seeing with McCaffrey, usually you have to pay extra for these guys relative to their value because of the high floor you get. I actually think Barkley is probably a true talent, higher floor guy than it, you would think by looking at the game log especially last week. And I think if he gets those like mid-20s touches, which I, I would pencil him in for here, I think he pays value handily. Yeah, I think uh, the, the Jets just coming off the loss to Miami. So congrats. That's what um, I'm saying. Like the season's over like, for the Jets, right? Like they're, they're they're just hoping this is over soon. <laughs> it's, it's over for the Giants too, but it doesn't feel as over for the Giants as it feels for the Jets. So I guess if I'm just talking about the, the feels here. One guy that I'm feeling a little annoyed at myself for was last week because we talked about him on the podcast. You wrote up Devin Singletary. We talked about him specifically on the podcast last week at how he had crazily outsnapped Frank Gore the week before, but it just hadn't been carries. And then all of a sudden, all the carries came. Do you think that he is just... I'm seeing him in 100% of our lineups right now after the initial audit. Do you feel comfortable with this number based on a, ba- a almost 180-degree reversal in how the Bills have been using their running backs this year? But it looks like I – mean, do you think he's just the guy now? I, I, I'm kicking myself because I feel like I, we could have been a week early on that one and he had a huge game. Well, so it's interesting. So Singletary, yes, last week was his first absolutely huge game. Gore still got 11 carries. So it's not like Gore has disappeared altogether. Um, the one way Gore has disappeared is doing anything with his touches. Gore turned those 11 carries into 15 yards last week. I think it was hard for even the, the I'm going to just go ahead and say terrible, Buffalo coaching staff who hasn't noticed that Singletary is twice as talented as Gore, at least at this point. Um, the, even they took notice last week. Singletary, like you said, wound up hitting that 20 carry threshold. I think that your, you know, that, that dog whistle that you heard of the snap count I think really did come to fruition here. And if he's really going to be carrying the ball, like high teens times, and you know that he can be there for five targets as well. Yeah, I think he's just too cheap, like especially on DraftKings. Uh, On FanDuel, I think it is a little bit closer. You know, 6,700 is a lot. But I think the nice thing about taking him here is that it ought to be a relatively similar game script to the one against Washington, right? So Buffalo, 
in the old I'll never figure this out territory, three point dogs to a two and six Cleveland team on the road, and even though they're six and two. Uh, so, you know, they just think these two teams are even. I guess I don't totally see it that way. I think this game script should favor Buffalo. This is also my bet of the week. I just don't see how Buffalo loses to this Cleveland team getting points. Like, that just makes no sense to me. So uh, I love to bet Buffalo here, and I think part of the reason they get there is because of Singletary. Yeah, that does, that line does seem absolutely crazy. But like you said, it's kind of this. If he's just going to end up becoming this kind of back, then it might just not even matter, right? Like he just, if you're getting him at five thousand for a guy that could be in whether the losing or winning, then I think that you're just having your cake and eating it too. Uh, you made a couple notes here about some of these other running backs. Jalen Samuels, just the weirdest game ever, where he caught a ton of balls, but Trey Edmonds ended up carrying the ball a lot. So I don't. We'll have to kind of wait and see what's going on with that. If James Conner misses, Le'Veon Bell's knees banged up. I guess Ty Montgomery, like if Levin Bell didn't play, we'll talk about that in the Game to Game podcast. Well, that's going to come out tomorrow. So um, we'll save the Levian Bell Jets disaster news uh, for <laughs> for tomorrow. Yeah, I think um, one way or the other, though, you'll wind up with playable options at running back this week. So you feel good about that. I, I ultimately, like I, just to point to Samuels real quick, I think I would be fine going back to the well in him if Connor were to miss. I think actually that Trey Edmonds stuff felt a little bit flukish to me. Um, and Edmonds also limited in practice this week too. So the fact that Samuel's caught 13 balls and he's essentially like if, if say he just was a wide receiver and had a game like that, you'd be snapping him up at 6,200. You'd be overjoyed yeah. to get a guy who just had 13 targets and caught them all. So yeah, I think I'd be fine playing Samuels once again, assuming that nothing changes about the situation. Uh, and then stay tuned for tomorrow's game by game podcast because there are some other running backs. I'm gonna we're gonna talk about that. I could see some cash game ownership. I'm not sure we're gonna ultimately land on some of these guys, but there are after the McCaffrey group. There is a group in here that I think is interesting. Whether it be uh, just sort of some Vegas stuff that's gonna point to game script kind of issue, not issues, game script stuff that's gonna help them, uh, and maybe these guys some coming at some lower prices. But uh, we'll talk about those more tomorrow. Uh, our other sponsor on the podcast, you know these guys, Vivid Seats. You got to download the Vivid Seats app if you're looking to get any tickets for any game. I'm going to be up in your up your way, up Boston way uh, in January, and I already started looking at the schedule. To, excuse me, not in January, December. Um, I was going to say we're going to be out of here in January, so hopefully we won't be here. Yeah, no, no, no. I screwed that up. I screwed that up. I was thinking about something else. Now December about trying to catch a Celtics game, except then I realized that there's no way that you and I can ever watch a basketball game together because uh, then one of us wouldn't be on our basketball system. By the way, we're going to record an NBA podcast uh, here. Anyway, Vivid Seats. Uh, I did start looking around at tickets until I realized that. So we're not going to be able to use it, but you should. Vivid Seats app. You download the app. You put in the promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. That's going to give you up to $100 back on your first purchase of tickets. It's got, you got to be a first-time user of Vivid Seeds to get that promo going. It's also going to enroll you for the rewards program, which is about as good as it gets, uh, throwing out prizes along the way. You earn points the more tickets you buy. Uh, Vivid Seeds, it's, it's absolutely awesome to use. So, and I was super bummed when I was kind of looking through tickets and these Celtics home games and realized we weren't going to be able to do it. But either way, Vivid Seeds app, you go download it, use the promo code over time, and you are good to go. Let's roll through receivers. I had some trouble here with the receivers. Oh, let me just get one guy out of the way. DJ Moore is going to be absolute chalk again. He was chalk last week, um, mm-hmm. and the price barely moved. He's, out, he's still less than 6000 on FanDuel. He's 5200 on DraftKings. That gets a little closer. The guy's just basically been double-digit targets. I think yeah. I'm just going to say him and then move on because I just think he's going to be the highest on wide receiver again this week, and that's correct, and we can all just play him and then either have joy that he does well and, I don't know, be pissed if he does poorly, and it's not going to matter because I think the ownership is going to be so high. Now, after him, though, uh, I do think that this is sort of a problematic position because 
I can kind of make the case for about four guys at the top of this list that I would consider to be high, maybe even more, honestly, high-volume wide receivers. I wrote up Julio Jones, but it could have been Michael Thomas. It could have been Cooper Cup. I did write up Devontae Adams, too. But I could have written up the Tampa Bay guys against Arizona, Evans, and Godwin. Like, good luck trying to figure out who's going to have the great game between these guys. I, I, I did stare at the, this top group and just kind of, I don't want to say I use the dartboard mentality here because that's, there's a little bit more nuance than that. But when you look at this group, they're sort of all priced in the same area. They're all pretty big volume target guys. I think this is where we see the biggest confusion around who to roster here. Um, I'll make, I can make the case for you for Jones. I can make the case for Adams. But when you look at this group, do you feel a lot of conviction for a guy based on just kind of safety stuff? Or do you think we're going to see a lot of spread around in ownership? Because I think you can talk yourself in, in or out of almost any guy in this group. Yeah, I think you will see very split ownership, not only because of this group, but also just because you just run out of money eventually. Like if you want to play McCaffrey, which our system currently does, you only get to play one of these guys. <laughs> and so if you can only play one of them, then that doesn't leave you a whole lot of flexibility at, you know, but with just running in and being like, hey, I'm going to play Thomas Jones and Adams this week. Like you just can't do that. So uh, yeah, you're basically, it's these challenge plays. Like, you know, two guys you wrote up, Jones and Adams, just straight head to head. You know, I think if you would have told us either of them was under 8,000 starting the year, you would have slam them like windmill slam them as a must play right um in the last couple times they've played you know adams returning from injury looked pretty unspectacular against the chargers but did have 11 targets you know yeah uh, like he was not a decoy out there he got the ball thrown his way a lot of times i think they're just good plays and i don't mind being see i don't mind being off the chalk on these guys if my alternatives are just good ones the, the thing i hated about last week especially a wide receiver was I didn't like the other plays after DJ Moore. And so if I'm picking between bad plays, I can feel really uncomfortable. If I'm picking between good plays, I feel fine. I think both Jones and Adams, excellent plays at under 8,000. Um, I guess with a gun to my head, I would probably say Jones. I mean, you listed him first. I think the the thing there is just the injury concern. Uh, the fact that Adams, you know, he, he went out there and got the 11 targets, but he didn't do much with it. Like, you know, if I'm flipping a coin and picking between two good plays, I think I would lean Jones. Uh, on that basis alone. Also, neither of them have spectacular matchups, but uh, Carolina in particular has been tough on the pass this year. So I think for that reason, I think Jones just kind of gets, you know, those, those little extra tiebreaker points here. Let me just roll through the reasons like I kind of talk myself out of the other guys. Michael Thomas has some big time blowout risk in his in, going mm-hmm. against him here. The Saints are huge 13 Kamara coming back to Camp. And they're getting him. Kamara. Yeah, that was the other point. And they're getting Kamara back. So I, that's my Thomas. I think you don't need to force him. Uh, the case for Jones is that without Sanu there, he went right back to double-digit targets uh, last week, and they look like they're going to be playing catch-up this whole game. They've played catch-up this entire season. He was good against Mashawn Lattimore last year. With He had his best game of the year, actually, 11 for 141. And, and the second time they played, he was at 96 yards the first time they played. So I'm not too worried about the shadow coverage from Lattimore. I think they just do force it to Jones without Sanu there. Uh, they have Gage and Ridley. So I, I, that's kind of where I like him. I will say the, the, the Evans-Godwin thing, I kind of just like I'm off wanting to figure out who's going 
gonna have a good game out of these guys. I, I know it's a stupid reason not to write one of them up in cash. Yeah, like, it's kind of stupid. It's not. A, it is a stupid. It's not a good <laughs> mathematical reason. It's also hard to. It does feel like they get outside. One of them gets outsized targets depending on sort of what they find in a current scheme, and I that makes me very worried in a way that like doesn't seem to happen to some of these other guys like Cooper Cup. Let's say like Cooper Cup. I actually probably should have written up because without Brandon Cooks, I think you can give him a slight tick up in target share. Uh, on his own too, so he probably rewrite there. Well, can we just discuss the Mike Evans thing for a second? Because I know that that was kind of happening earlier this season. Evans' last three games: thirty fantasy points, thirty-seven fantasy points, sixteen fantasy points on seventeen targets. Like he's not disappearing anymore. Like I, that, the last time that happened was a month ago. I know, and I know he disappeared in spectacular fashion in that game, but I think he's got a higher floor than maybe you're suggesting there. I just don't want to skate to these other guys before pointing that out. Fair enough. And maybe I need to come up with the targets. And maybe, like I said, that's why I'm speaking it to truth, maybe that I'm just gun shy on the results. And that's being too results based without just saying, like, what is the actual number and what does the system pump out? Because ultimately, we don't make up the projection. It's like we determine what the opportunity is and then the rest of the pieces fall in place. Right. So maybe I've just did a bad job of like figuring out what the actual opportunity is rather than just trying to like say to myself, well, they have two of these guys and it's impossible to figure out which one it is on a week-to-week basis. So that's something we'll discuss going into that's something we'll go, discuss going into Sunday for sure, even, you know, during the game by game podcast tomorrow. Uh, and then like I mentioned DJ Moore, I don't mind Christian Kirk here either. I'll talk about him a little bit more tomorrow, but uh, walk me through tight ends. Um, I mean, Travis Kelsey's guy that's kind of showing up right now. It looks like they're going to have Mahomes back this week. I probably, you know, could, some of these KC guys actually might be just as juicy plays when it comes down to it as well. Uh, where do we want to land here for some of our tight end uh, ownership? I love Kelsey this week. I think he will be overwhelming chalk, and I think for good reason. Um, tight end all season has just been a full-on dumpster fire, and it's been impossible to know. Like Darren Waller was 50% owned or something last week. He was generally bad. I think he had seven fantasy points, and you still like just felt fine with it. I think he still might have been in the top overall lineup in the big double up that I was in. Like it's just tight end is so 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 bad that I think any semblance of safety is going to wind up getting you home. And right now there just aren't safe tight ends. I think Kelsey is super cheap coming off of basically having the backup quarterback in there and. Like, he definitely hasn't lit the world on fire even with Mahomes this season. But the fact that he was steadily getting those 8 to 10 targets before Mahomes went down. And, you know, he was kind of lurking there, right? So, like, you know, first three games of the season, averaging more than 90 yards a game, you know, only the one touchdown. Like, I think given that all these guys are in the same price range and given that people were talking themselves into Kelsey as, like, a second-round season-long pick as a almost $8,000 player early in the season, I think he's getting back to that situation now. And I think when you're just evaluating these other guys who have proven that they're mid-6,000s to high $6,000 players, you know, guys like Austin Hooper or Mark Andrews, the fact that Kelsey has been that and has so much upside for more uh, leads me to believe that you just sort of have to play him in cash this week. I mean, I'm listening if there are other guys that you can come up with, but I think there's a very, very difficult case to be made from getting away from him here. No, I think you're. I think you're exactly right. I think you're either doing that or you're just punting it and just saying, "I just like us all the other plays somewhere else." And who I'm are the good punts li- though? I, I just don't even know. I, there I don't are, even there know are. how you I'm can so- punt away this position effectively. Let's go ahead. You you, you can you want to name them? I, I'm, I'm going to throw. Out oh, I thought you said there are. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm saying I'm saying if you could talk yourself into it because 
gotcha. you like the, the other expensive plays that we talked about. Like you like two expensive wide receivers plus McCaffrey. That's that, that's kind of what I'm saying. Is it like sure? I, so I guess if say, you're in that dumpster fire area, um, I'll give you a couple of names just because I don't want to walk away from it. I still think you shouldn't be prioritizing elsewhere over Kelsey because, like again, if he's if he's 57 percent owned you're pretty annoyed when he comes out there and catches three balls on the first drive. Like he's the type of guy, he could score 25, 30 fantasy points. No one else in this group can, in my opinion. Um, And, uh, but if you, if you are in that lower tier, I think Tyler, I for interesting case to be made for him. We're actually maybe a little bit low on the targets there, but uh, in his last game, he had nine targets and he's only 5,000 flat on FanDuel right now. So I heard, I think of that, you know, lower, lower tier group the guys that are getting you know he's he's at the same price as Rhett Ellison and Demetrius Harris and guys like that um he's definitely the guy who could whose price could climb 20 25 percent and uh and real quick with him is that you know since he's doing uh pulling a quarterback change here going from Dalton to Ryan Finley like that's not a that's not the worst thing in the world for the tight end no it's not always bad and Dalton's just been kind of bad, and so um, I—it's hard to imagine that this is any kind, anything worse than a lateral move. And there's some chance mm-hmm. it's just a move in the right direction for Cincy. Like they're just choosing to bench him, knowing who kind of they have a chance to bring in, and they've had a bye week. So the the case for Eifert, usually with backup quarterbacks, I'm like, well, let's take a wait and see approach, and that's almost generally correct, except when the quarterback is bad, and like, like then I'm like, well how much worse could it get, especially if they're just playing from behind and it's just a guy that maybe is slightly more accurate or whatever. So um, that's like that's like the thing with Boyd too. Like I think we'll have to try to avoid, evaluate that going into this week. Is like where do we land with guys like Tyler Boyd and t- guys like mm-hmm. Eifert with, court, with a quarterback change simply because it wasn't like Dolphin, and Dalton was like the second coming of Joe Montana here. Uh, like this is not, this wasn't Patrick Mahomes to Matt Moore. This was, this is something, this is something right. different, right? So, uh, yeah. or it's, 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 it's more like what happened like with Eli to Daniel Jones. It's like, well, okay, did it get worse? I don't know. Like it's just, it's just the same, if not maybe a little better because guys, at least yeah. his arm's a little stronger. That's a good He's to throw the ball downfield. All right, uh, we're going to get out of here. We'll be back again tomorrow for the Game by Game podcast. In the meantime, you can go and sign up for a free trial to our projection system powered by our good friends over at Lineup Lab at dfsr.com slash deals. Or if you like typing in more letters, dailyfantasysportsrankings.com slash deals. That's going to get you a free seven-day trial. It's going to cover you for football. It's going to cover you for basketball as well, NHL, all under one subscription package. Look, you're not going to find a better deal than that out there. There's a reason our sales continue to kind of just go up here during the season. It's just because... People like what they get, and they don't get upset. And I just nothing, nothing more I can say about that. You go into the chat room, you ask how people like the product, you will get an overwhelming response. Yes, I believe. Hopefully, everyone listening there, make sure you say yes if someone asks you in chat. Uh, DFSR.com/deals will get you started. Also, go check out the basketball podcast as well. And that's I'll put the, the feed in our show notes, buddy. Talk to you tomorrow when we roll through game by game. Let's go. Cool.